We're joined by Giants general manager Dave Gettleman. Obviously a busy week for the New York Giants. Um, just tell me a little bit about what went into the Odell Beckham Jr. trade and why it was the time to make the move. Well, you know, we'd had interest. Uh, we'd had teams uh, contact us. Odell's very talented, and uh, we placed a value on him. All these teams called us. All these teams. A few teams called us. From the initial call, I made it obvious to them that uh, we weren't going to uh, we weren't giving him away. Uh, you know, he was too talented and gifted. And really, the value that I used in my mind, the litmus test of the barometer, so to speak, was what the franchise tag value is. You know, let's say for the sake of discussion, we had not, fran we had not signed Odell back in August and that we uh, had uh, went through the season and decided to put the franchise tag on him. Based on that, if someone else had signed him, we would have gotten two first-round draft picks. And um, that was my litmus test. That's only happened once, Bob, and that was Sean Gilbert back in 98, where uh, Carolina signed him from, away from, I want to say, the Redskins. So it had happened once in 20-plus years. Um, so that, but that was my lit, litmus test. So um, we basically got two ones and a three. So I thought we did you know, pretty well. It was a football business decision is what it was. We've got holes we need to fill, and we just feel like I've done, you know, doing the, uh, I, I took advanced calculus, and uh, three take away one equals two, <laughs> so we get a shot to get two extra players here, so. Well, and Jabril Peppers was a first-round draft pick. Exactly. So it's like getting another first round, but now you get a guy that's actually played in the league, and a guy who, after, with well, a lot of rookies struggle in their rookie season, but started becoming an ascending player last year. Why was he so important as far as this part of the deal for you? Well, for me, it was, you know, Jabril came out when I was down in Carolina, and we really liked him. I had had, uh, and in fact, I'd used one of my 30 visits on Jabril. So I had met him personally and spent, spent time with him, uh, you know, before, the, before his draft. Um, he was important because with the way the leagues evolved with the, all the passing, safeties are critical. You have to have safeties that can play on top. And we just, uh, I, he was just an important piece. And uh, I let John know fairly quickly that if this trade was going to work, he had to be a part of it. So uh, Giants fans would say, well, wait a second, you had Landon Collins. You chose to not apply the franchise tag and let him walk. What went into that decision from a football standpoint? I always look at value. So let's say for the sake of discussion, we had franchise Landon. That would have cost $12 million, $13 million. We got Jabril Peppers for one point, one and a half. He's on his rookie contract. And the fifth-year option. Plus we have the, exactly. He's under contract for three more years, including the fifth-year option. It's, it's about value. And everybody's got to understand, you can't make decisions in a vacuum. Every decision is interconnected. Um, so it's not you make this decision on player A and this decision on player B. No, you're building a team. Okay, that's what we're doing here. We're not building a, a unit. We're building a team, a complete team. And all these decisions are, are interconnected. And is that part of the reason why, A, Antoine Bethay understands James Betcher's defense, but also the Giants have had a history with some of the teams that they've won with of having a veteran presence back there that sort of gets it? Well stated. The, the bottom line is, in the back end, you have to have someone who gets everybody lined up, who can, you know, and when I mean everybody, I'm talking the back end. We have, we have Alec to line up the front seven. 
and he does a great job. That's one of the reasons I traded for him last year was I knew he could do that, and he does a great job of it. You've got to have that in the back end as well, and Antoine can do that. Uh, I mean, he knows Betch's defense, which is huge, but Antoine has always been the guy back there for every team he's played for that has lined everybody up, and, and it's critical. You can't, listen, in 07, James Butler did a great job of getting us lined up. You know, Georgia Tech, he had a crazy high test score. And when the ball was snapped, everybody knew where they were supposed to be. And that may sound kind of, well, hello, but doesn't always happen. Antrell roll in 11. Exactly. And then we had Antrell in 11. It was, you have the, the thing that does for you, you know, what that gives you is amazing. People, you know, a lot of this game's played from the neck up, and, and I don't think a lot of people get that. Speaking of neck up, you got Golden Tate, fierce competitor, um, big personality, but a pro's pro. What attracted you to Golden Tate and why he would be a nice fit? Well, you know, you know, Golden, you said it, he's a pro's pro. He grew up a Giants fan, as it turned out. I didn't know that. You know, I don't know those kinds of things. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, he's, he's been a very productive NFL receiver, uh, a unique run-after-catch guy. And you cannot have enough pros on your team. You can't. This is professional football. You made another trade that we haven't even touched upon, the Olivier Vernon trade. Tell me what you like about Zeitler and why he's a good fit for what you're doing. Kevin's a, an eight, seven, eight-year vet, whatever he is. He's a power player. He plays with really good power. He's very smart. He's got an off-the-charts test score, and he plays that smart. And he'll help settle down that, that right side. He's athletic enough. Um, he, he, you know, at the end of the day, he's a pretty good athlete, and he's powerful, and he's smart. How can we lose? Well, you've had some success picking those guys. Yeah, not bad. You, you've done all right with that. Um, free agency is interesting because it's the beginning part of it is the frenzy. But if you look, there's still a lot of value that's out there. Do you guys expect to be? tapping into it a little bit more, or is it now, hey, it's more draft-related for us? Right now, most of it, we're going to look around the fringes. We're going to keep working it, see who's available. Um, you know, we're uh, trying to be mindful of the salary cap, and there'll be values there, and if we see a good value, we'll jump on it. Otherwise, we're, you know, we're, we're, uh, I spent yesterday watching college tape. Are you surprised the shots that Eli's taken um, – and people's amazement that Dave Gettleman might actually go to bat in 2019 with Eli Manning as the quarterback. Do you, does, does that, like, knock you for a loop? You, you know, here's what I'm going to tell you. I've done studies, okay? It's really difficult for a quarterback to throw the ball and operate when he's on his back half the time. There's a false narrative out there about Eli being washed up for the last – it's been – out there for four or five years now, Bob. You've heard it. You've read it. You, you know you know it. You, you, you referenced it before. You take a look at what, how we finished this year once the offensive line got, under, you know, got it under control and Hal and Hunter and those guys you know, did a heck of a job. We scored the most points in the NFC East. We finished the season averaging the 27 and a half or whatever it was. And, you know... Eli can still make the throws. This, this narrative, you know, is it's wrong. The guy can still play, and everybody's going to stop it. 
He is not still our quarterback because he's cute. I don't operate that way. He's still here as our quarterback because he still has value. Do you think people forgot your message when you first took over and you said there's no more scholarships? you got to earn your spot, and if we don't think on film you can play, you're not going to be here. This isn't like a thank you for being here. We're going to just roll you out again. No, absolutely not. Absolutely. Last time I checked, the idea is to win. You know, I've done studies on that too, Bob. And, you know, the Maras and the Tishes want to win, and that's what it's all about. We're going to do what we think is going to give us the best opportunity to win. And then just finally wrapping up, uh, look, there's a lot to fix. And you knew that when you took over last year, that there were a lot of things that had to be fixed on a lot of different levels. Is it fun going through all this? I mean, I know you. everyone wants to jump in and, you know, take over. But is this fun, the process of going through this with the people you've surrounded yourself with, starting with Coach Shermer? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's uh, uh, you know, Pat has been, uh, he's, he's been a godsend. And just the, the way he operates and the way he looks at things. And sometimes it's a little scary for me because we kind of tend to look at things very logically. And it's probably because we're the same, you know, blue-collar city kids. But, um, yeah, absolutely, Bob. For me, it's coming home. And uh, the people in this building, you know, we're always, you know, always had a piece, you know, place in my heart, you know, after I left. And to come back and work with them is, is, is a treat. You know, and, and, and to work for this ownership. Um, listen, you know, I'm playing with house money now, Bob. This is unbelievable. I'm 68 and I got the job of my dreams. You got to be kidding me. So, you know, we're going to get it fixed. We're going to get it right. And we're going to give the fans a lot to cheer about. Hey, we appreciate the time. My pleasure. Thank you.